You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. But I felt like this was a setup for next weekend. And um, really the whole basis of this, the title of my message is called Forging Purpose. And what happened was I read a study and it rattled me. And we're in the family-ish series. Matter of fact, it ends this weekend. And then we roll into Jesus is King. And uh, how many know that's going to be good? Boom, four weeks of Jesus is King. It's going to get radical. Leading us into a new decade for a new season. And we got, uh, if you've never been a part of this church, what we do, we do a Shredder Sunday. So the last Sunday of the month, we're doing baptisms. And we're going to shred because we're not going to leave anything for the new year. Everything we want to let go of, boom, we're going to break it off. We're going to shred it at the very last Sunday of the month. And then we're going into the new decade. And it's going to be powerful for Vision Sunday. And I love Vision Sunday. It's kind of like my wheelhouse. But I want to read to you Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I just want to set the tone, and then we're going to get into this, because I've, I've grown up in the business world, in the personal development world, and they're all talking about purpose, and it's just been about three degrees off, and I want to give you some biblical purpose of what God's trying to do, because if we can get unlocked into what our purpose is, we step into a slipstream of identity. And what happened was when I read this one quote, it talked about, I was in this um, psychology today, and they were talking about why do people have so much drama in their lives? Why do some people start it? Why do some people get sucked into it? Why do some people allow it? Why do some people, and the thing that rang my bell is because they don't have purpose. Wow, that's it, wow. That's an interesting statement. And when I started doing a deep dive on it, this one quote, nailed me. It says, thoughts actually start in the heart. So then I started doing a little biblical study on that. I was like, wow. Because we'll say, oh yeah, the thoughts start in our mind. But what happened was when I did the deep dive, take every thought captive, it's because God's trying to protect our heart. And if we don't take some thoughts captive, it gets to our heart. We make a wound. We make an inner vow. We start protecting ourselves, guarding ourselves. And we then start living on the defense, not on purpose. And so tonight is about getting us lined up for what does our life look like? What does our purpose look like? What does our mission look like? What does our vision look like? What do our values look like? Because I think what happens is tonight, if we can just crack some beliefs off, it's gonna get us in a position to end strong and walk into a new decade where we're living on purpose and we see our whole life change before us. I've watched people come in and one drop from heaven changes everything. So I wanna let you know tonight's that night. And wherever I just put the period, we're gonna pray. That's it. So I have no idea where it's going, but we're gonna feel it. Holy Spirit's gonna move. We're gonna get something unlocked and we're gonna pray for people because guess what? We gotta break the chains. The devil works overtime to make sure that we don't know our identity. He works overtime to make sure you don't think you have a purpose. He works overtime to make sure that we're bound up playing small. And Samuel did say the quote beforehand, Pastor Samuel, thank you for reminding me. Once you lick the lollipop of mediocrity, you suck forever. I'm not licking any lollipops tonight, people. We're going to go right after the good stuff. So Ephesians 2.8, 
For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship. We're created in his image. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we're created in his image for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So how many know there's a purpose and a plan for our life? He prepared this beforehand that we should walk in them. So God knew us, created us in his image with a purpose and a plan, not for us to leave those plans in a closet, but to walk in them. And the devil works overtime to make sure you don't walk in them. That's what we're going to unpackage tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now that you are doing something supernatural in this house. God, I thank you for the men and women. Does not matter age. You can reveal it tonight. God, we get in sync with your heartbeat. We break every veil, every inner vow, every filter, every scale over our eyes. God, we heal what needs to be healed so we can walk in what you've called and created us to walk in. God, we thank you for your power and your provision. In your mighty name, amen. So it's amazing because that psychology today went on to talk about two things that are super important. They said there's two needs of every human being. Number one is significance slash meaning, and the second is belonging slash community. If you don't think the vehicle of the church can take care of those two things, why do you think the devil works overtime to make sure you get in a fight with your spouse on the way to church? Yeah, that's true. At least there's one of you. I was clapping myself because I was like, He'll work overtime to make sure your kids get sick so you don't get it. He'll make sure that the boss calls and you got to work on that day during that service. It's amazing he'll work overtime because he doesn't want people getting unlocked. If one word could unlock you, he'll do everything, every hurdle. And it's amazing how many people are like, oh, I walked out, my, flat, my tire was flat. Uh, that's a sign. Yeah, my car wouldn't start. Oh, yeah, my wife got ticked at me, so we just thought we'd stay home. I'll watch football. Bro, let's fight through it a little bit. Significant slash meaning, belonging slash community. See, I was the same way. I grew up in church. It was just going to church out of respect for my parents. Check the box. Because I didn't know the attachment of meaning and purpose belonging to something bigger than myself to unlock my purpose. So I was just doing whatever I thought. I would have made different choices if I actually knew living on purpose meant one thing. So I hear it all the time, depending on what era you grew up in, these are some of the things that now being a pastor I've got to hear, is I'm trying to find myself. I want to find my destiny. I've been praying, Lord, what's my calling? And my a buddy that I just talked to, he was saying, yeah, I've been praying every day. God, do I even have a purpose? I was like, bro, have you been reading your Bible? So what I want to do, just real quickly before I get into this, I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to read some scriptures. You don't need to write them down. You could podcast this. But I literally went through and I want to read you some things and I want you to put you in a place that God is speaking directly to you. Now, if you're podcasting this and you're driving a car, don't close your eyes. I'm not responsible 
for what happens. Unless you're my wife and you have a Tesla and it drives itself. It's true, she scares me every day, but it's amazing. So close your eyes and I want you to visualize that God is speaking these words directly to you right now. I want you to meditate on this, let it get in your spirit, and I want you to hear this. Genesis 1:27 in the NLT. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Proverbs 20, verse five, ESV. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. That same verse in the NIV, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NLT, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 2, 10 that I read earlier, NLT, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us a long time ago. Ephesians 1.5, NLT. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gives him great pleasure. Psalm 139.13, NIV. For you created my innermost being you knit me together in my mother's womb. Jeremiah 1.5, NLT. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Proverbs 19.21, NLT. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So go ahead and open your eyes. I could have wrote or read you two more complete pages of what God is saying through his purposes. But just to let you know that he has a purpose, he had the plan all along. Right. You were not a mistake, an accident, a slip. Amen. He knew everything about you. And he knows that there's a purpose attached to you. That the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he sent his son so that you may have life. Yeah and life more abundantly. And I think what happens is we forget those verses because they're not in us. We're not meditating on those things. And so it gets us messed up a little bit. And I love this because I gave a breakdown a couple weeks ago, right when I heard that word wealth, the Latin root of it was wheel. And then I went on to do a deep dive and it says the enemy of wealth is meaninglessness. The enemy of wealth, but you're thinking money, but I'm not talking money. Because when you look at the Latin phrase on that, wheel, W-E-A-L, which is the, almost the whole word of wealth, a sound, healthy, prosperous state of well-being. And the enemy of wealth is meaninglessness. That's what the devil's trying to do. He doesn't want you to find meaning in this life. And if he loses you, to salvation, meaning you say, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want to spend eternity with you. He wants to work overtime. So at least if you're going to go to eternity, while you're here, your life sucks. But if we get unlocked tonight, how many know that's a change of plans? I love this because then it went on. It said profit. And I love this real definition. Input 
plus output with something left over. That's profit. Why do you keep going to money? I'm talking about profiting in your life due to your purpose on all things, not just financially. How about relationship equity? How about prayer equity? Favor equity. A profit is input plus output with something left over. See, sometimes we don't even understand another term could be adding value. Are you adding value to your spouse's life, to your best friend's life? What value are we adding to life around us? That's what I love about church. I never understood serving. When I came to C3, I thought Pastor Egan was talking about serving because he needed people to serve. I was like, yeah, of course they want to hold a serving class. You know what serving did to me? It unlocked me. It healed me. It got me on this train of like, this is a purpose and a destiny. We could look at it as I was just parking people. But man, I was parking people, walking them come, watching them come in like this, all ticked, and leaving full of joy, watching him get healed. I'll never forget, I was parking in an older man who got out and he was bitter and he had gout and he was just complaining and whinging, dropped a couple F-bombs on the way into church. He got filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, gave his life to Jesus, and he walked out without his walker getting in the car. And I said to myself, I parked that dude and I just watched his life transform in one service. What have I been doing in my office? I'm not getting that result. It unlocked me because I saw it while I was serving. It was so important for me to see that because it made me realize even parking, I had significance. I was now a part of a community that was healing me, that was transforming me. I was starting to see belief come back to life on the inside of me. I started realizing this is more of a greater high than what happened on Friday night. I think I need to make better choices. Huh, I thought I had purpose, but I wasn't living on purpose. Interesting. Does God have a purpose for everyone? Yes, he does. Does God want me to know what my purpose is? Yes, he does. Is it possible to go all the way through life and not understand my purpose? Yes, it is. We live in a world where people don't know that they actually have a purpose. So the first revelation we want to understand is, God, we are made in his image. If we're made in God's image, how many know we're made with a purpose? I love it because in Genesis, when I did this little deep dive on Genesis, the creator of this world created light, and at the end of the first day, he said, this is good. On the second day, he created the sky, and he says, this is good. He continues for three more days, and he created the universe we live in, and each day he paused, he looked at his creation, and he simply said, this is good. On the sixth and final day of creation, he created man. Sat back in his image, I might add you, and he says, you will notice he says, in our likeness, because in Pastor Jurgen preached on it this morning, the reference to the Trinity. He talked about this morning. You guys got a podcast this, his message this morning. It says in our likeness, we are created in our likeness, the image of God, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all present from the beginning, but his response on the day was different this time. He says, this is very good. And why am I telling you all that? Because then I was reading in Scientific America. I nerd out, people. I nerd out, okay? <laughs> 
the, they just found out this, the Milky Way is the only galaxy in our universe. But this is what they just realized. Astronomers are now telling us that the universe holds as many as two billion galaxies. Let, let's just wrap your head around that for a minute. Beyond anything we can comprehend, and yet God just said, that's good. But when he made you, he says, that's very good. See, we only can wrap our head around the Milky Way. That's one of 200 billion galaxies that scientific America now. And they're all blown away, nerd now, going, there's two billion galaxies. But to God, that's good. But about you. You got to wrap your head around it. See, God is a spirit, and we are made in his image. Therefore, we are human beings that end up being human doings because we lost our way. But we are spirits made in the image and the likeness, in the image of God. And yet we lose our way because we get caught up in a world that tries to define us, dictate, and create an identity about what the world wants you to be, not who God created you to be. You're powerful, and we got to get unlocked by it. So I want to give you a couple just quick things that I just want to teach on this. Why am I teaching on it? Is because if we have areas of our life that we don't like, we got to get unstuck. And I love this quote. I'm going to read it to you because I thought it was powerful. She is a psychologist, and Emily, uh, I think it's Marishian, says you're not stuck. You're just committed to certain patterns of behavior because they have helped you in the past. Now that those behaviors have become more harmful than helpful, and the reason you cannot move forward is because you keep applying an old formula to a new level in your life. If you change the formula, you'll get different results. End your story, start your life. It brings me back to the community and belonging to something with purpose to help you unlock you, to get you on a greater purpose. Because it's not about you, it's not about me. Aristotle says we are what we repeatedly do. Why am I giving you all this? Because if you don't like where you're at, you gotta do something different to get where you wanna get to. You gotta get around people that will level you up. If you come here and it's uncomfortable watching young people, the 11 o'clock service jumping up and down, my mom's like, yeah, your church has got really young. No, mom, that's just at the 11. Those are junior hires down worshiping God. You've never seen that before. You know what she said? Really? Yeah, what was I doing in junior high? Oh, dear Lord, you weren't doing that. (laughs) So, (laughs) thanks, Samuel. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing your purpose is not knowing who you are. So what happens is, it, when you don't know your purpose, you are increasing emotional, relational career, and it's costing opportunity costs. It's costing relational costs. Staying off purpose gets you onto a path that you were never created for, because God's trying to get you over here. So I want to give you some definitions, So because we are on a quest for purpose, vision, mission, and those collectively will be your true north or your being on purpose. So I just want to give you a couple things, and then we're going to 
We're gonna pray for some people. Now, when I speak about these things, I want you to say to yourself, I'm a little off there or I'm right on there. Because you might have some of these, but you might not have collectively all of them. And God wants to give you revelation in every area of your life. Purpose. It's the matter of the heart. Matter of fact, you have that, that picture of that purpose, pal? I want you to see this. This is the question of purpose. Why am I here? Here's my little purpose, pal, that I just saw that someone had, and I thought it was incredible. And he did a teaching on this in the secular world on business. But the way that he was framing it, I said, that dude's a Christian. And when I went up and I met with him, he goes, oh, yeah, if I could teach this stuff, he goes, from this, if I could just open the Bible, he goes, you'll see everyone in this room get saved. But I'm here to do business in a secular world. But you can hear I'm infusing because every principle I'm teaching, I took right out of the word of God. And he's saying, this is where you live on purpose. And if we can get these definitions down. So purpose is the matter of the heart. It's God's will for our lives. It's our reason for existing. It's service to God, self, and others. It is our spiritual DNA and our identity. Purpose is our being. We're so caught up in doing. Dr. Matt, what do you do? I'm a chiropractor. That's not my purpose. Purpose is who you be, who you're being. But in a world, the world cares about what you're doing. You're not human doings. We're human beings. So God's trying to get us to don't worry about what the world's doing. Worry about who you're being. Is it congruent? Because when you're congruent with who you're being, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And I'm going to get into that in just a minute. Vision. It's our mind's eye. It's a gift of the future and the true hope. God says, I've given you a future and a hope. It inspires, vision inspires, it keeps us, it's the fuel that wakes us up. It's about what we are seeing. That's vision. So what are you seeing? Mission. It's the expression of our purpose. It's our hands and our feet. It's our daily activity. It's about what we are doing or performing. That's mission. Are you on mission? That's in alignment with your purpose that's in congruency with your vision and value. What do we hold as important? It is our conscience. It's what governs right or wrong. It's how we make choices. So every statement answers a question. Purpose, why am I here? Vision, where am I going? Mission, how will I get there? Values, what's important? I'm giving you the construct of why we do church. See, I knew why I went to work. I knew why I wanted a family. I knew, but I didn't have all these things lined up for me. But when you come and you start hearing the word of God and you get the word of God on the inside of you, when you come to men's prayer or women's prayer and you're praying for each other and all of a sudden you see a vision or you get a prophetic word and you start prophesying and you, you start seeing people get unlocked and then you see those prophetic words coming to pass over people's lives. You see people get unlocked. You see people get healed. You realize that you start getting in the context, we are all on mission for God. Amen. No matter what you're doing, 
You were created in the image of God because you're on mission for God because there's a lost world that needs to know the gospel of a good, good father that sent his son to die and you can't perform, you can't work your way, you can't eke your way into heaven. It's a free gift, but not everybody knows it. And too many people are caught up in doing and getting a paycheck. And what did they do for 70, 80, 90 years of their life? Because they were all about focused on what they were doing and never about the purpose of why they were created. See, God's purpose is alignment of the heart, the head, the hands, and our highest value. God's purpose is an outward and visible expression of an inner call on our life. God's purpose is about who we are being and becoming. God's purpose is sparked by purpose, inspired by vision, performed by mission, and governed by values. We might not know how to live on purpose. That's why getting around people that are on purpose unlock you. They'll see talent in you. They'll see gifting on you. Pastor Samuel was just up here and then all of a sudden, boom, Tiger, get up and pray. Tiger's like, what? You know, boom, drops a bomb on prayer, gets unlocked, inspires other people. When he came here, he was in a different position, but he's planted his seed in some good soil and he's flourishing. Every one of you have a potential in a seed. When you get planted in the right soil, and it gets water to get some sunlight, stuff starts to come back to life for you. The devil's been trying to keep you away from certain people that will speak life into you, that will encourage you, that will let you get healing, whether it's in your heart, healing physically, healing emotionally. He's gonna work overtime to get you to play small, but you were never created to play small. It says we're called to be the light of the world. Why are you holding your light so dark? Hold that light up. You could have the littlest candle, but in the darkest room, it will show you the way. I'm just trying to get something to you. I want to get just a couple principles, and then I want to pray for some people. Principle one, God calls every believer to full-time service. Serving God isn't a part-time occupation. It's 24-7, 365. Paul said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord. See, you can find yourself in a job you don't love. You know, my revelation, thanks to my leadership team for my birthday, we went up, maybe you have that picture of Disneyland. I got two incredible days at Disneyland, and I wasn't a fan before this trip, but now I'm a fan. It looks so peaceful and quiet right there. If you could show the ne next picture, this is called Favor. Do you see one person behind me? Wow. One person. Can you ever see a picture? We're no one at the castle. I just went like this. Favor the Lord, because you move, please. And like the Red Sea, it parted. People got out of my way. I'm just joking, that didn't happen. I don't know how that happened. But I'm gonna tell you something. That's not what Disneyland was. There was people everywhere, there was lines, and I went to go get my wife and I a coffee, and man, this place was crazy, and this guy was serving, he was running around and doing all this stuff, and. I looked at him, I'm like, bro, are you overwhelmed? And he goes, I love it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, man, he was trying to get drinks. People were like complaining. Kids had like stuff going on, poopy diapers. It was just like, it was, to me, it was chaos. And I looked at him and he was giving my coffee. I'm like, bro, are you all right, man? He goes, I love it. I get to serve coffee 
at the happiest place on earth. And I get choked up thinking about it because I'm feeling sorry for this dude. And he's sitting there speaking life into me. I'm like, this coffee's amazing. I was like, he messed my brain up. But he was living intentionally, loving the fact that there was chaos, but he was in the happiest place on earth, his perspective, his purpose, his vision, and all he could do, if he could inspire a little bit more hope, if he could bring a little bit more joy to my life as he handed me my coffee, he was living on purpose. Everything is perspective. Not everybody's having a great job or their dream job, but are you serving God where you're at? Do you look like the light of the world where you're at? Are you bringing joy to someone that's next to you, maybe a coworker, or someone that's coming for a service? What do you look like? How are you representing working for our God? Because you were created in his image for a purpose. I'm telling you, I watch people come in, come to men's prayer. One of our young 13 or 14 year olds, well, I'll be watching him praying over some older man. And then I'll see an older man in the parking lot messed up. Some 13-year-old just read my mail. <laughs> my friend made me come. And now my world's upside down. How does this? People are getting healed up every weekend. Can we let our guard down? Can we say, I want to step into my purpose? I know God's been calling me. Maybe you've never served. And I'm just saying, God's going to build his church, but he uses you and me. Are you willing to serve at a level to get unlocked, to let people pour into you, see your gifting? Principle two is God will give you the gifts that are necessary to do the work he calls you to do. You have worked both outside the church and inside the church. We're on a mission here, if you didn't know. We have a purpose. We're on a mission. I wanted to say three things. It's teach a class, share your faith, or give financially. Those are on-purpose things. But the most dangerous word that the devil's taught this generation and every generation I've ever known is the word, the word can't. To me, it's worse than the F word in my house. If I hear my little girl, my little boy, all I do is I stop and I give the look my wife gives me most of the time. They know, they don't say it, they can say, I choose not to do that. Most people say, I can't afford that. Do you know what you're doing? You're prophesying over your life. Because I want to break that poverty mentality. Because if your car got a flat tire, you'd find the money to replace it because it's your vehicle to work, it's justifiable. So don't say, I can't do that trip, or I can't go to lunch with you, or I can't go to dinner with you, or I can't take my wife out, or I can't do this. Just say, I choose not to, because, because you're actually living congruent. Because when you say, I can't, you reprogram your mind, and you play small, the devil wins. That's not living on purpose. I can do all things, but you've said can't 2,242 times by your fourth birthday. You've programmed. 
it's so important to understand words are dangerous. Cancel that word. Choose a different one. Think about when you hear yourself say that. Just be authentic. Saying, I'm choosing not to do that right now. I should do that. I should that. I should do this. I should do that. And then you should all over yourself. And I'm just telling you. As for my religious friends. I can't. My parents won't let me. I said that as a kid a lot. Remember, you were made in God's image. You were made in God's image on purpose. You were made in God's image on purpose for a purpose. I tell you all these things because Paul closes his letter to the church in Philippi by reminding us the kinds of things in Philippians 4.8. Things that he wants you to think about. Things that are true, that are right, that are noble, that are pure, that are lovingly excellent. The things that are the best in our life. He says, meditate on these things. When you meditate, you quiet the noise of your mind where the enemy is screaming. The enemy wants to sidetrack us, to get us off purpose. No matter what, I need this to resonate. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Take the T off that thing, that dirty word. Take the T off it. I can do all things. Cancel that dirty word. Get righteous about it. Too many people have programmed their life to play small. C3 is not for everybody. There's people that want to play small because they've been beat down for so long. And I'm telling you this, this might not be the right house for them, but we're going to love them anyways because it makes them uncomfortable. And what they want to do is, hey, can you tone down the gospel? Hey, can you not do a tithe message? It's uncomfortable. Hey, your worship is a little intense. Can you tone that down? I'm not going to insult my God that I was created in the image of, and I'm going to worship like I saw you at an old Charger game sharing the Chargers. You can get that radical in this house. All we need to say is, yes, God, I'm willing. Yes, God, I'm willing. Teach a class. I don't like speaking in front of people like my wife used to say, but she said, yes, God, I'm willing. And she stepped into her purpose. Not everybody gives, but can you just say, yes, God, I'm willing. Start somewhere. Watch what God does. Can you at least share your faith? Yes, God, I'm willing. I can share my faith. You can share your God story at men's prayer. You can share what God's doing in your life. You can start somewhere. Yes, God, I'm willing. Don't say I can't anymore. It steals your purpose, which steals your soul because you're a human being. Let's be on purpose together. Let's unlock each other. Let's cheer for each other. Let's pray for each other. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy our purpose, our vision, our mission, and get our values screwed up. We want to bring him back in agreement. And you watch what the next five weeks will do as we go into a new decade together. I'm just going to pray because one thing I found out was that 
inspiring hope was part of my purpose. I never knew this. I took a test. It was kind of cutesy. Inspiring hope is what I landed on. But I tell you that because I've always had shirts at my office made that said hope dealership, kind of our little taglines in my office. We're a hope dealership. No, no, inspiring hope. Didn't know that until I took the test, but I didn't need to live that. But here's what I learned when I was in high school. If I would have known that I had a purpose, I was created in the image and the likeness of God on purpose, for a purpose, and I knew it was to inspire hope, we can make different choices while we're on mission. See, I did dumb things. And if I would have known maybe in that relationship as I was being promiscuous or being whatever, was I living on purpose while I was messing her life up? Was I inspiring hope in that relationship? When I lied to my mom about breaking the back window that caused a lot of marital issues because she believed in me and my dad thought I was lying, but I laid into it. If I would have known that I would be on purpose inspiring hope, was I inspiring hope? All I did was an accident. I broke a window, but then I started lying and that lie got bigger and bigger and bigger. But if I would have known my purpose was to inspire hope, would I have made better choices on my mission? Dad, I did break that window. I'm sorry. You're right. I messed up. I'll pay for it. But instead, I perpetually lied for a year that caused marital conflict because my mom and dad got in a fight about who was right. If I knew that I had a purpose living on purpose, would I have made better choices to get in financial debt? Everything comes back to finding that purpose. Because when you find your purpose, your values will line up with your purpose. How do you find it? Get into the house of God and let him work on you. Let him reveal things to you. Talk to your spouse or your friends. What's, look, what's living on purpose look like for you? What's the vision for your life? Share it. If you don't know what your vision is, pray about your vision. The Holy Spirit, who you're made in the image and the likeness of, isn't trying to hold it a secret out on you. He'll get you in the right situations. He'll put boldness on the inside of you. He'll put you out there. Can you teach a class? Can you give financially? Can you share your faith? Start there. Just all stand up. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I want you to think about it because some people need a vision. Some people need to get healing so they get back on purpose. Some people want to find their values, meaning living congruently. Wherever it is, whether it's mission, purpose, vision, values, you're forging purpose every time you come to the house, every time you come to men's prayer, every time you go to connect group, Every time you get involved with people on purpose, you're forging purpose in your own life. When you get the word on the inside of you, the word is alive and powerful. It will start to sharpen you, start to hone you. You might not even know you've made bad decisions in the past, but you'll be in the same situation living on purpose and you'll make a different decision because yep. your values start to line up with the word of God. That's why the devil will do everything he can to make sure you don't know how to pray in the spirit. Make sure that you don't get a Bible. You don't make time for it. You mess up my mic, whatever he does. <laughs> but I'm gonna pray and as this worship song goes on, I want you to come down here. I'm gonna have the ministry team to come down and I want you to get prayed for. The number one thing we could do is break that inner vow. Because the devil wants to shame us to get us living in that shame in a place of brokenness that we never 
step out and trust God again. But my friends, the greatest thing that ever happened to me 13 years ago is I came into C3. I gave, I rededicated my life. I called it C3 Saved because it was radical. And I literally said, God, I'll be on the altar every Sunday until I feel like I find my purpose. Every Sunday for six months, I was on the altar getting prayed for. I looked like that guy. And I was unashamed because I wanted my purpose so bad. And as God started to heal up, my business accelerated because I was on purpose. People were attracted to me because I was on purpose. Financially, things lined up because I was on purpose. I met the bride of my life on a plane to Vegas because I was on purpose. And when you're on purpose, you're never alone. God is with you. He is for you. You were created by him, for him. And everything we do is a reflection of it. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.